You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to another bonus episode of the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, powered, as you know, by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, once again, flying solo at the NFL Combine. Day four, I wanted to drop a brief pod. Yesterday, I went on talking for quite a while longer than I expected to. Day four, a lot happened that I want to be able to convey to our listeners in real time before I forget some of it. I know I took notes. I am a professional, but I want to talk to you about it while it's still fresh on my brain. A lot happened on day four. We got to meet and talk with the defensive prospects of this class, D-line, linebackers, edge rushers, and there's a lot to convey to you. We're going to get right into it, but first, really quick, a couple matters of business follow the show as you know on twitter new listeners this is important this is how you keep your finger on the pulse of the show what's happening in real time at huddle up pod really easy to do exit out of the podcast you're listening to now it'll keep playing in the background open up twitter find at huddle up pod click the follow button also take some time if you haven't done it leave a creative review and rate the show especially crucial for those of you who listen on itunes We're trying to get our reviews into the triple digits from the 80s up into the hundreds and just keep growing this thing, right? We just want to mushroom this thing up, blow it up as big as we can. Those of you who have taken the time to leave that review, give us that five-star rating. You know we love you, Zach and I both. Zach, I'm sure, is enjoying his weekend, and our time zones are different. It's kind of a weird situation. So once again, I'm rocking this thing solo, but we got a lot to get to. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, so basically, again, it was defense, day four, Saturday, D-line, edge, off-ball linebackers. So there were some big stars at this particular session. We had the likes of Joey Bosa, Quinnen Williams. We had Ed Oliver. There was uh, Montez Sweat, Josh Allen. Some really interesting players who were projected to go in the top 15 at worst, most of them. And many of them, several of them, have been projected to the top five. Now, as we know, this is a quarterback-driven league, and odds are there's going to be at least two quarterbacks who go in the in the top five, which are going to push some of these elite prospects back in the draft. They're going to drop a little bit, not too far, a little bit. So there is a snowball's chance in hell the Broncos could have a shot at one of these elite prospects, but... What you have to ask yourself is, do you want the Broncos, let's just say Devin White, let's say Ed Oliver is on the board at pick 10, inexplicably, and maybe Drew Locke is still on the board, or Kyler Murray, or maybe even Daniel Jones, although let's just leave him out of it. Would you want the Broncos to take Ed Oliver or Devin White over Locke or Kyler Murray? Now there's a lot of hype that Kyler Murray's going number one, And that's probably what's going to happen, maybe not to the Arizona Cardinals, though don't completely close the door on the possibility. But my point is, a a defensive prospect, we saw last year the Denver Broncos were able to get Bradley Chubb, the number one defensive prospect in the class. How much did it move the needle for the franchise? Honestly. Honestly. One game. The Broncos went from 5-11 to 6-10. Now, obviously, there are other factors. But it doesn't move the needle. Now, you get a franchise quarterback, a bona fide franchise quarterback, that impact that Bradley Chubb can have, and any other good to excellent defensive prospect or role player, from a macro sense, multiplies many times over. Okay, look at what, for example, when Peyton Manning was in his heyday in Indianapolis, what the likes of Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney were able to do. You took Peyton Manning from that team when he was injured, In 2011, both those guys, they weren't nearly as productive because the Colts weren't playing with the lead, and their numbers dipped, and the franchise fell to 2-14. and So what I'm getting at is, look, without the most pivotal role of all, the franchise quarterback, the Broncos are stuck in neutral, and as exciting as some of these players are, you have to ask yourself, if you're the shot caller in Denver, how much is it going to really move the needle for my franchise while we're still missing that crucial component. Now, if the Broncos have convinced themselves that Joe Flacco is that crucial missing component, then, you know, it's going to be carte blanche in the draft in terms of the Broncos just taking any blue-chip player that that falls to them at that point. But I, I remain adamant that the Broncos need to explore the possibility of doing whatever they can to come away with one of the top signal callers in this class. Now, I digress a little bit, though. Let me jump to what... I discovered on day four. Now, a couple things to set the stage is that, you know, the Broncos have quite a few holes that they're going to have to fill defensively both this year and projecting into 2020. This year you have Shane Ray and Shaquille Barrett hitting unrestricted free agency, which means depth at edge rusher is going to be an issue for Denver. On the defensive line, both Domita Pecco and Zach Kerr are hitting free agency, so the Broncos are going to need some depth there. Derek Wolf and Adam Gotsis are under contract this season, but in 2020, both will be free agents. Now, the feeling is that Derek Wolf will get an extension and probably Adam Gotsis too, but you can't 
count your chickens till they've hatched, right? So the Broncos have to hedge their bets. They have to plan for the future. And so I would expect them to capitalize on what is a very deep defensive line class. And then there's the off-ball linebackers. I mean, Brandon Marshall was, uh, you know, the Broncos are telling him to hit the bricks, and that leaves Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, neither of whom, at least on the surface, project to be the ideal off-ball linebackers for Vic Fangio's scheme. So the Broncos are going to go hunting. And the first guy I wanted to talk about today is Devin White. And what an impressive player, obviously. And he was an impressive presence at the podium, to be honest with you. Now, this is a guy uh, we found out at the podium. I didn't know this. Maybe some of you knew this, those of you who follow the SEC and have seen some media clips on Devin White. But he's a big-time horse uh, person. He's a fan of the equestrian field. He considers himself a professional horse rider, which is interesting, and Ed Oliver, which I'll talk about here in a few minutes. Also a big fan, passionate horse person. He was asked about Devin White at the podium, and he got a big laugh out of the media assembled. He goes, oh, Devin White? Man, that kid's in love with his horse, which caused a few people to chuckle, including yours truly. But it was interesting, while he was at the podium, Devin White has met with the Broncos. He did confirm that. And then when he was asked about what it would mean to go to Denver, you know, he talked about Vaughn Miller and all the the talent and the legends that are playing there right now. And he said some very flattering things about John Elway. He said that Elway only drafts playmakers, quote, unquote, which I thought was interesting. Now, obviously not exactly true, but it's obviously a prospect who thinks highly of the Broncos. He's a smart dude, and he knows he needs to say the right things as well because there's a, a solid chance that he could be drafted there in the top 10. So he could bring a lot to the Broncos' defense. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he would be a dream for Vic Fangio. But again, I ask you, would he move the needle for the franchise at pick 10? Another really engaging conversation I had came with Zach Allen. Now, he's the big defensive end from Boston College, and he's kind of viewed as, as a little bit of a tweener. Because even though he's six foot five, he played at about 285, uh, 270, or 285, 287, something like that this past season. And so NFL teams aren't sure exactly where to play him. But I asked him if he sees the comparison. A lot of people compare him to Derek Wolf. And I asked him if he can see why people might make that, you know, connect those dots. And he said, quote, I've gotten that comparison a lot, I've seen him a lot. Our 3-4 front was the same 3-4 front the Broncos run, kind of that odd front where you have a 0-tech and two 4-i-techs. And that 4-i, I had a lot of success with my junior year, and I watched basically everything Wolf did out of it just because he's one of the better 4-i's in the league, close quote. The, Bro- the Broncos did meet with Zach Allen. He popped up on their radar probably a long time ago, but especially with his body of work at the Senior Bowl. So he's a guy you can see really flourishing under Derek Wall or under he's a guy you can really see flourishing under Bill Kalar. And he's the type of prospect that I shudder to think if the Broncos don't find a way to get him somewhere in the top one hundred, probably gonna have to be the top forty or fifty. He's a guy I can see the New England Patriots taking and really making some hay with. Another compelling conversation I had was with Arizona State defensive tackle Rennell Wren. Now, some listeners will remember us talking about Wren, or at least writing about Wren, on milehighhuddle.com back during the Senior Bowl because he caught the the attention of our draft analysts, Eric Trickle, Nick Kendall, Carl Dummler, those guys. 
but he also caught the attention of the Broncos then, and that only seemed to intensify at the Combine. Wren has met with the Broncos, and he said it was a very productive meeting. He said, quote, I met with them last night. This was him telling me Saturday. So he met with them Friday night. It was a great conversation. They're going to watch more film of me. They're actually going to go to my pro date, March 27th. So we're going to do what we've got to do, and the NFL will as well, and just keep going, closed quote. So he's a six foot four, 295-pounder. Used to play basketball, but he realized at six foot four he was kind of smallish for basketball. But for football, he put on some LBs and he was able to contend in the Pac-12. So you know he didn't put on he he didn't produce at a prolific level statistically. But you have to wonder how much of that was scheme, how much of that was coaching, et cetera. He has on an individual level during the pre-draft season looked really good, and he's just another guy that an expert hand like Bill Kalar could really mold. All right. I'm going to take a quick break, but when I come back, I'm going to talk about a guy who projects as an excellent replacement for Shane Ray. I'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's talk about Oregon's long edge rusher, Jalen Jelks. Now, this kid, he's strong, he's explosive, but he's very raw. Now, this is a kid that he's going to test on the field on Sunday. If he does well with a big performance, his draft stock could completely soar, depending on what he does. Right now, he's kind of viewed as as more of a diamond in the rough, but he could very well fit in behind both Von Miller and Bradley Chubb as a rotational edge rusher who can come in, you know, and spell those guys for a few snaps each game and still find a way to make an impact. Here's what he told me, quote, I met with the Broncos earlier, later on yesterday afternoon. This was Saturday, Jelks told me. I've spoken with him a little bit here and there. It would be amazing to play with Von Miller. He's the GOAT right now, and the main reason why they beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl. Chubb's a freak athlete, so to be able to play beside those guys would be a great thing because they've been mentors of mine, I think he meant from afar. I've been watching Vaughn forever. He's a great athlete and someone I try to model my game off of, close quote. So right now, I mean, the only depth the Broncos have to speak of under contract is Jeff Holland. So I would expect the Broncos to add one, two pieces, whether through the draft, free agency, or the undrafted ranks between now and OTAs. So keep an eye on Mr. Jalen Jelks. Go watch some of his film. He's long, he's really interesting, and he could project well to replace Shane Ray. Another similar player, the Broncos need to replace Shaq Barrett possibly as well. Odds are a guy to check out is Daryl Johnson of North Carolina A&T. Now, some have compared him to Shaq Barrett, and I asked him if he could see those parallels with regard to his style of play and and Shaq Barrett. He said he could, and then he told me, you know, he started waxing passionate when talking about the Broncos, of course, because of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and what an honor it would be to play with some legends. His best friend is his dad. It was really fun to talk to this kid, but 
he uh, also tries to model his game after the Hall of Famer, Jason Taylor. So it was a fun conversation with him. He didn't have a lot of people talking to him. He was at a table instead of a podium. Interesting kid. Go check out some of his film on YouTube. All right, so I want to also talk about Quinn and Williams and what stood out to me. Now, again, the Broncos, unless they make a pick or, or a trade to move up to the number one or two or three pick, which you just don't really see teams do for a defensive tackle, Quentin Williams is out of their reach. So I did still spend some time listening to him and talking to him. And he's just kind of a – you know he's a beast on the field, right? He's an elite player. But he's kind of very much a happy-go-lucky right now and kind of pinching himself with regard to, you know, wasn't that long ago. I mean, a year ago he wasn't even starting for Alabama. And so suddenly to have this massive media contingent in front of him at podium number one, by the way, he just – he was kind of, I don't know, he just he's still kind of pinching himself. But he talked long about, you know, what he brings to the table, an explosive player and a guy who maybe can step into the NFL and within the next couple of years produce at a similar level as a player like Aaron Donald, even though size-wise they're very different. But Quentin Williams, he was, he was definitely an interesting guy to talk to. But there was also a couple guys from Texas A&M, a couple defensive linemen, the Broncos have shown an interest in. A couple of trenchmen, fellow teammates. One is named Kingsley Kiki, and he kind of projects more as a five-tech defensive end in the Broncos 3-4. And then also the big nose tackle, Dalen Mack. Both D-line prospects have met with the Broncos at the Combine. And what's interesting about these guys is, you know, they've played against some really tough competition, some good, well-coached offensive lines in the SEC, and both of them have managed to produce. Get a load of this. Kiki produced seven and a half sacks last season and 11 tackles for a loss. He was an edge rusher for the most part, while Mack, as a nose tackle, he tallied five sacks and 10 tackles for a loss. So you team either one of these guys up in a dream world, you team both of them up with Bill Kalar and just watch magic happen at the point of attack. Two interesting guys. Now here's what I wanted to talk to you about with regard to Ed Oliver. He was one of the stars of the day at the podium, and by the way, he is a cult of personality. He's He you know, fancies himself a country boy, talked about how his dad got him two horses when he was young, and you know he learned a lot about life, how he had to break in one of his horses and how he fought with the horse. He said helped him to learn how to be fearless, and that applies to his how he became such a potent and dominant football player is he just is reckless in the sense that he he's not worried. He doesn't have fear. He's just into the fire, into the teeth, into the swords. And so he's the guy, I was telling you earlier, that when it was brought up, his history with horses, he's the guy that said Devin White is in love with his horse. Now, obviously, there's a shot. The Broncos could get a chance at Oliver if he slips because of a run on quarterbacks or if a team just isn't convinced that his size, I think he's like 290, six foot two, something like that. He's not, yeah, six foot two, 290. There's some teams who might be a little leery of him. There's a chance he could slip, although I don't see it happening. But if the Broncos, similarly to Devin White, if he were there at pick 10 and there's a solid one of the top four quarterbacks there, he's going to ask, Elway's going to have to ask himself whether or not. Ed Oliver can move the needle truly for the franchise. But here was his best quote of the day, at least talking about what Ed Oliver brings to the table. He said, quote, 
probably just the way I play. My playing style, my high motor style of play, how violent I am, how aggressive I am, how much of a penetrator I am, just the different swag I could bring to a defensive line could probably change the whole defense, honestly. Close quote. He, uh, he said his go-to move on third down when he knows he needs to rush the passer and create a pressure or a sack, he said it was the, the club-rip combo. So very intriguing, engaging, interesting guy to talk to. But another guy I wanted to shed some light on is Cody Barton. Now this is another Utah Ute defensive player the Broncos have shown some interest in. Now if you're looking for a prototype to compare him to, he's very similar to Josie Jewell. Uh, and the Broncos like him, even though from a coverage perspective he has some limitations. But he's a try-hard guy. He's a downhill thumper. And as a depth linebacker, he could come in and probably bolster the depth of the unit, etc. And he knows very well that the Denver Broncos have a lot of former Utes in the program, and he has, in fact, met with the Broncos. I asked him what that meeting was like, what happened. He said, quote, it was good. They ask you questions to see who you are as a person, to check your intelligence through certain questions, and also just, you know, talking football. At the end of the day, that's what we're here for. They asked me to drop some schemes, drop some of their schemes, or look at their schemes. So it was just a lot of football talk, close quote. So, you know, the fact that Utah has a connection to Denver, that fact is not lost on Cody Barton and also his brother, Jackson Barton, who stepped in as Garrett Bowles' replacement at left tackle, is entering this draft as well. So Mama and Papa Barton might have two sons getting drafted this year, or at worst, in a couple of months, playing in the NFL. So a couple miscellaneous notes, and then I'm out of here. I talked to North Carolina edge rusher Malik Carney. Indeed, the Broncos have met with him. Oklahoma State edge rusher Jordan Brailford has also met with the Broncos, as did Houston's Amiki Egbule, who is a player who can either rush the passer or drop back into coverage. But I'm told by Eric Trickle he projects more as an off-ball linebacker at the next level. Fresno State off-ball linebacker Jeff Allison, he's a ferocious run defender. He told me that you know, I asked him what he does to cool down and, you know, kind of unplug from football, and he said nothing really except work out. He said, all I do is football. If, I'm not fo- if it's not football, I'm watching film, studying, playing, practicing. He's in the gym lifting, running, etc. So very intense dude, I'll be honest with you. And uh, he did meet with the Broncos on Friday. I asked him how that went. He said it was a good vibe but it wasn't the type of vibe that he could tell how interested they were in him. He said that the Broncos were very keen to learn and figure out how much he knows about football, kind of check his football IQ, which from what I've gathered here at the Combine is something that is very much on the minds of the Broncos now. I mean, they're they're trying to find out, you know, I think last year's draft class was a great lesson to them, a great lightning rod to kind of rally around that you need to find smart leaders players whose football IQ, character, leadership traits, maturity are on a level commensurate with their physical talents. And those are the type of line of questions that they're, they're, they're firing at these prospects. Another off-ball linebacker prospect the Bronx have met with is Minnesota's uh, Blake Cashman. He is kind of a coverage guy that would fit seemingly with Fangio, but he struggled with injuries. And then the guy that really impressed me is Stanford's Bobby Okariki, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Apologies if I butchered it. But he's a brainiac. He's in the process of getting his master's. 
and he's highly, highly articulate, and he's underrated. But his Stanford teammate, the tight end, Caden Smith, he believes that Okariki will no longer be flying under the radar after he runs his drills on Sunday. And Okariki told me he thinks he's going to run a 4-5 in the 40. So keep an eye on him. He met with the Broncos linebackers coach, Reggie Herring. And really, to be honest with you, the only off-ball linebacker prospect I talked to today was that, that did not meet with the Broncos or hadn't met with the Broncos up to that point or didn't say, you know, I plan to or I have one, a meeting scheduled was Michigan's Devin Bush. And as you know, most of you should know this, Devin Bush is kind of viewed as pretty, con- you know, the consensus is linebacker two in this class behind Devin White. So most mocks have Bush going still in the first round. Mac Wilson in Alabama can maybe compete with him for that LB2. But uh, he was kind of a boring speaker at the podium when you ask Devin Bush a question. He was clearly intelligent, very smart, but he doesn't. he's just not the type of guy that wants to give you anything. You know, he kind of wants to keep media at arm's length. So kind of a boring interview. You ask him a question, he answers it in just a couple of words and then just stops talking. So as opposed to most these guys are excited for the opportunity, excited to engage with media, and excited to talk about their process. And I think most of them recognize that the better the media they can get, the more it might be able to help their stock. And Bush, he's kind of been at such a high-level program for so long and viewed and considered to be a star. I think he's just one of those players that's like, I don't need y'all you know, type deal. So not a lot of patience for the media, not a lot of enthusiasm for being at the podium. And again, has not met with the Denver Broncos at the NFL Combine. So that pretty much encapsulates day four for yours truly at the NFL Combine. It was a busy, busy day, just like yesterday and the day before. I did everything I could to chase down every player on the list that Eric Trickle provided to me as far as Broncos fits, players that we know the Broncos have shown interest in. I tracked down each and every one, and I would encourage you to go read my NFL Combine Notebook for the Broncos Day 4, which published Saturday night at milehighhuddle.com. So that'll do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. As always, you can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman247. Don't worry, we'll be back together next week. This podcast schedule is kind of a little skiwampus right now. But he'll be back. We'll be back together, dropping knowledge. It'll be great. Uh, but in the meantime, follow the show also on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You can find myself, at Chad and Jensen. I'll uh, be at day five of the Combine tomorrow. i got to cut loose about halfway through the defensive backs, which sucks, but that's when I could get my flight. So I'll be flying back home in the meantime, trying to get up as much content. I'll be reporting everything I learn about which prospects have talked to the Broncos, what takeaways there are, because we know the Broncos are also in the market for cornerbacks. I mean, the Broncos have a lot of holes, you guys, going into 2019, so it'll be interesting to see how they approach trying to fill them. But in the meantime, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.